Hey there, welcome to our football show. I'm Chris Pugh, Edward Mahoney Mares, and I've got um, our, uh, I guess we could say it's our favorite Canton Repository sports writer. Mm-hmm. I think it's fair to say, Peter Holland. How you doing, Peter? I'm doing well. Um, I don't know if I'm favorite, but I'm definitely the only one, I guess. Oh, right. Okay, other one. Other well, guy. Well, well, just don't take this podcast like Mike Popovich or... Steve Dorchik, or they may come after me. They're like, well, why are we the favorite? But, but you come on this podcast, so thank you, Peter. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Um, our apologies for last week. I was traveling for work. I was in Warren, and the place to say I had crappy internet. I thought we could uh, tape a show. Uh, we're just not going to release it. It's just the audio wasn't that good, but we're going to make up for it this week. Um, man, as always, NFL, it's never boring, Peter. Um so much stuff we could talk about, you know, in terms of the, you know, transactions, the free agents are still out there. Uh, but what story meant the most? I, I guess maybe right now, what story in the NFL, either a transaction or a pending transaction, what are you looking at the most? What's got your attention as uh, things continue to develop? Um, I guess the offseason goes is we are still – and the Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson watch, and the um, Aaron Rodgers watch. Those two guys are still, um, I guess you can say they're still out there, um, or, or more like there hasn't really been any pro- progress of them being traded anywhere. Um, the fact that they're still and they're still with their original team is remarkable. I mean, for different reasons, obviously. Um, is I think that's probably the pick story of the offseason so far is Lamar Jackson and Brett Favre. Well, I mean, we uh, I said Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers. Um, if um, are we going to see Aaron Rodgers go to the Jets as we expect him to be, um, and what's going to take? And Lamar Jackson is Lamar Jackson is Lamar Jackson. Where is he going to lane to? I mean, a lot of teams are ruled him out, are out of pursuing him. So there's just a lot of things that is transpiring as far as to the point where I think Lamar Jackson is better off just staying put and just go another year and go with that franchise deal and just go another year and just hope that he can play an MVP-type season again. So – that was, like, as you can say, are the, the storylines. I'm looking at ESPN now. Uh, th- there's a story from uh, the Ravens GM. I guess he was quoted today, um, Eric DaCosta, saying, hey, maybe we'll take a, a quarterback in the first round. Uh, the ESPN writer, Jameson um, Hensley, uh, kind of poured some cold water on it. You know, Ravens pick 22. Um, your top four quarterbacks should be gone by then. And, man, Hendon Hooker, who a lot of people like, um, I think he got downgraded a little bit because of his injury, but he's out there. I'm seeing Hendon Hooker could go as high as 13. So I'm not sure if the Ravens could pull off a deal like that, but what do you think about this? Hearing some speculation, I don't think it's a legitimate rumor, but why don't the Ravens trade Lamar Jackson to Indy for the number four pick? Uh, You know, Indy will get their quarterback in Jackson. The Ravens, I mean, that might be a spot where Anthony Richardson goes. Uh, it only makes too much sense. I guess when it makes sense, it probably won't happen. Uh, what, what's your thought about something like that maybe happening? 
well, Indy has to agree upon it for once. I don't know if Indy, I don't know if Indy has really been in Montez's radar. Um, I don't see why they couldn't if they want to be competitive or they just want to rebuild with the quarterback of their own. And because they've been looking very thoroughly with um, the four quarterbacks. So um, it it really depends. I don't know. If, I don't know. If they uh, So that just really just depends on what the culture are thinking. I don't know if they are. I'm not really sure if they want to pursue or let alone paying the amount of money that Lamar Jackson is asking for and are just better off just wanting to um, just look at the quarterbacks they have in the draft. Um, if the Ravens want to um, want to get in the mix of that, obviously you're going to have to um, give away – you're not only just have to um, give away Lamar Jackson, but you also got to give away draft picks. So you got to have to give up a whole house. I don't know if um, teams in that top five or in the mix of quarterback are going to take that route. And then you have to pay Lamar Jackson. So those are just uh, key factors that come into play. It may seem easy just on personnel, but there's a lot of things that you're going to have to give away just to get Lamar Jackson if, if he's worth it. How does that work with the tag? Because technically there's like a, a two first-round pick spot that goes into it. Um, you know, say a team like Indianapolis, they say we're going to make an offer and Baltimore's like, cool, let's do it. Does it have to be at least two first-round picks, or if the two teams agree on something, they can agree on whatever, right? It's an exclusive tag. So you, for an exclusive tag, at this point right now, you can negotiate with – you can talk to other teams Mm -hmm. um, now, and um, if they offer you, it's the Baltimore Ravens' job to match that. And if they're not able to match that, then they can – Work on a trade deal to see to see what they can get for Lamar Jackson. That's just pretty much what it is. And um, if they can't get anything, then Lamar Jackson is stuck there for another year. So it's got to go in that way. It's not like a team could just say, "Hey, we'll give you this for Lamar," and the other team says, "Yeah." It's got to go for the contract with the tag, right? Basically, basically, you just got. Um, you could. It's just um, this is another part of the negotiating factor where Lamar can keep his options open, but but unless the teams are interested in talking to him, you got to run by with the Baltimore Ravens as well, where they have to match that offer. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, you know, back to what you're saying about the draft picks. You know, Anthony um, Richardson, you know, he had a great um, combine. That really shot him up the charts. I'm liking, because I, I think you were high on Hendon Hooker, too, before he got hurt. I like how Hooker's now shooting up the draft charts, too. I mean, assuming he's healthy, I mean, he's pretty good. I think he's, like, 25. He's a little bit older than the other quarterbacks. But that said, Hooker's got a lot going for him. Yeah, um, Hooker had a... Uh... A remarkable year before he went down. Um, so it's great. It's great to see he is trending right now. Um, after his, after um, his one year, after um, the couple years at Tennessee. So it wouldn't surprise me if he is getting um more 
more um, teams looking at him. And I think he needs to go to a right situation where they don't have to rush him. He can just simply just sit out for like one year, um, getting acquainted with the favor, kind of like with Patrick Mahomes factor or with um, Lamar Jackson factor, where they will pretty much sit out the, most, the entire season, just develop him, and you can and you play behind a veteran quarterback and. And Lord behold, you just hold that he turns into the quarterback that you expect him to be the following year. Um, so I think that could be beneficial for guys like um, Hendon Hooker. Um, so I can definitely see him land somewhere in the late first round, um, depending on the team, or um, probably an early second round at best. Yeah, I heard some talk, and we'll talk about Aaron Rodgers in a second. I heard some talk that. If things go south with the Jets talking to Aaron Rodgers, you know, do you maybe like some people get to speculate Hooker could even go as high as maybe 13 to the Jets? I guess the thing I wonder about that is I think, unless you really think Hooker can start right away, I mean, the Jets, Rodgers or no Rodgers, are close to the playoffs. I'm not sure if they want to take a chance on quarterback in the first round, but. Um, you know, wherever he ends up, I'm seeing a lot more um, speculation about Hooker being the first round than I ever have in the past, and good for him. We'll see where he lands, you know. Um, it really just depends on the team. they got to really love him to a point where they want to groom him and develop him into a development the quarterback. But he's going to be in that learning curve kind of the same way with Anthony Richardson, so. This will definitely be interesting where he lands. All right. And we're taping this April 5th. I always have this fear that, you know, we release on April 6th and, you know, some of these things are resolved by then. But as of April 5th, um, very little updates on the Aaron Rodgers front. I mean, you're not even seeing some of the speculation as much. So, I mean, I'm thinking that, you know, obviously it seems like there's a hang up on the trade compensation. Um, I've heard some speculation, you know, you're looking maybe at two second round picks and depending on how long Aaron Rodgers stays with the Jets or how well he does, you know, maybe a pick will go a little higher, or a little bit lower. Uh, but really that was speculation. There really wasn't any guaranteed stuff on it. But I did hear some, uh, more talk at ESPN over the weekend saying, look, we've heard nothing. A trade hasn't happened. They were speculating you know, Aaron Rodgers says he wants to play for the Jets, but if another team is looking at it and they see no trade happening, I'm wondering, is anybody else calling Green Bay to say, hey, this deal hasn't happened. Can we hop in and try and make the trade? You know, yes, yeah, especially maybe that's a result of this thing dragging out a little bit. But why would they? What's the, well, what's the point? Well, here's what, I think we've talked about this before. You, you haven't agreed with me, but let me pitch this to you again. I'm San Francisco, okay? Uh, you know, Brock Purdy led me a ways uh, last year. You got Trey Lance. Assuming he's healthy, Trey Lance is still a good player. But, you know, San Francisco, they got a high, they got a lot of high-paid guys. They may not be able to keep everyone for a long time because looking at their salaries. Why don't you just say, screw it, go for it? And, you know, if Aaron Rodgers gives you another year, good year or two, Man, maybe you get two Super Bowl rings in the next, you know, two years. I, I mean, I as long as you don't have to disband the team, trade draft picks, 
I don't know. I, I mean, I can see – I don't know if the Packers are going to trade him to an NFC team, but if they could get talked into it, I can see San Francisco being a landing place. I'm not sure if you're going to agree with that, but – I think the problem is that it's the compensation. Yeah. I don't know what the – I don't know what the Jets want um, just to make the – or I think the better question is I think – I think I don't know what the Green Bay Packers want out of this out of this conversation in exchange for Aaron Rodgers. That's what holding this – what is holding this um, up in the first place. And I don't know if any teams will even touch that or even want to deal with that, um, even with Aaron Rodgers at 38 years old. I mean, he – I'm sure he'll do great um, – even at his age, but um, you you're probably better off just pursuing Lamar Jackson if that's the case, uh, just because he's younger and he's in his prime. While Aaron Rodgers, he's still a great quarterback, he's still an All Pro, but he's descending. And we don't know what we're gonna get. Um, so I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't really. I don't want to even look far ahead. As far as we know, it's either. I don't think there's. Uh, there's really not a ton of option if it, at this point when it's draft day is bet I mean we're getting closer to the draft. I don't think any teams aren't even thinking about um Brett um Aaron Rodgers at as of right now. I think they're just thinking about um their um how, who they're looking at in the, in the draft. Well, I heard someone to talk too saying that if you trade Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know it, it would cost you. I think that dead cap money would have to come this year. If some way you could trade him after June first, you could spread that dead cap money over. I heard maybe two years, maybe it's as much as. Well, I think he's got two years left of his contract, so uh, you know you would you could spread over the two years, which would help. I mean, his dead cap money is going to be huge. Uh, but then on the other hand, if I'm, you know, if I'm the Packers, I'm saying, okay, what draft picks can I get back for him? I've never had his draft picks before this year's drafts, and waiting for a future draft too. So it, it's a hard choice to know what's best for the Packers here. Well, at the end of the day, the Packers still have the leverage. You know, they have all the leverage in the world because they got the winning prize. If you want Aaron Rodgers, let's make a deal. Um, yeah. And if they're not going to go by the terms, then there's Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to be there, and the Packers don't want him here, but they still are in control because they want to get the picks that they want because – that could be a major factor because one of them can lead to their next coming quarterback of the future, or if they are not really on sold on Jordan Love. But yeah, um, it's just for Aaron Rodgers is either he's a Jet or he's retiring at this point. Because the man literally just said that he was like ninety percent, ninety percent sure that he was going to retire until until this thing kind of came up. So at the end of the day, we, we don't know what's going to transpire. Um, it, we can we can look at scenarios. We can look at situations. By the end of the day, man, um, Aaron Rodgers got to do what's best for Aaron Rodgers. And we, the Jets, Jets and Packers, as we know, are still negotiating. It's kind of like a war. Um, why you have war is because you're negotiating. Um, so... They're 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 gonna have to figure it out. I think they're eventually gonna they're eventually gonna figure it out. Um, so we'll we'll see what happens. Hey, and we love this in the media for a small podcast like ours or for ESPN. Hey, it gives us more stuff to talk about. You know, 
I'm sure some people need to say, man, hopefully this never gets done so they can always talk about this, you know, for the next few months. Yeah, I'm kind of over it, to be honest with you. I just wanted to be done and over with it so we can move on with our lives. That's well, just me. Or, or, or here's what we could do. I know this will never happen, but let's trade Aaron Rodgers for Lamar Jackson so both of these sagas can be over at the same time. That'd be great. That'll be a, that'll be a bonus. I wish that could happen too. Yeah. I'm I'm just I'm just over it. Everybody's over it. Everyone just wants to see it done and over with. We're just waiting for that. Adam Schefter breaking news or the Ian Rappaport breaking news, and we see the conversation or uh, the trade and just get it over with. Well, a good thing drafts April 29th, right? That's why that's what I see. Um, so I mean, we're tempted April 5th. We got three weeks till the draft. It's mm-hmm. not too far away. I mean, hopefully, uh, the when the draft comes sooner, we can focus more on the draft and less on the saga of, you know, Lamar Jackson or Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, let's see what else is going on. Uh, ESPN. Not much. Um, too much. Great. Um. I, you know, it was interesting in the draft, and you'll talk about uh, defense line a little bit later. Um, interesting, Jalen Carter, uh, he came out, his agent said, look, we're only going to visit top 10 teams. It seems like it might be a little ambitious considering some of the trouble he's been recently. But, man, I can see Jalen Carter going either 9 to Chicago or 10 to Philadelphia where I, mean, I don't think he's going to get past that. So maybe that's not as big of a deal as some people are making this out to be. It's really not. Um, you you can't fall for the guy that he knows that he's a top five pick or top ten pick. He knows he's going to be a top ten pick, so you can definitely understand where he's coming from. I think what's really going to be effective is what about the team that wants to trade for you? Oh, so yeah. that's probably the biggest knock on him. There might be a team that's probably in the in the teens or in the twenties that are high on you. That they want to pursue you, that they think you're they're that you're worth you're worth being picked, that you can make a difference on your defensive front. Um they want they want and they're thinking about training for you. Why not? So I think I think it's understandable that he's confident that any of those top ten teams are interested, but I don't think there you can rule out the other teams that are not in the top ten. But if everything goes right, that it's it shouldn't have been a reason that they can trade for you. So that's probably the only knock on Jalen Carter that could, that, um, that could, I don't, I wouldn't say that will hurt him, but that was, that was something that I, I would try not to, um, roll out either. Steelers have a variety of deeds, but it's interesting. Their GM, uh, I, I don't see Jalen Carter last until 17, but, uh, their GMs come out and be like, hey, this guy we like will trade up. And I think a lot of GMs are saying that, but some people are wondering, saying, hey, maybe the Steelers will trade up if somebody's there. And, you know, I know that they've been interested in Jalen Carter, so that might be a team that tries to get to nine or 10 if Carter's still there at that time. I guess. I mean, does Steelers really need, do you think the Steelers really need a D tackle? Or something that they can get in the first round. Or... Um, they picked him guy from the Chargers who's okay. I've heard he's like a two down guy. I mean, um, they're high on 
DeMarvin Leal, they got him last year. When he's healthy, he's pretty good, but he's not really healthy a lot. Um, K- uh, uh, Hampton. Oh, geez. Uh, Hayward. Uh, Cam Hayward uh, is still playing at a high level. I think he's 33 now. You kind of wonder how long that's going to continue. I mean, defensive line's not their biggest need, in my opinion. Uh, but, you know, they could use it getting a little bit younger. I I think the problem with the Steelers, I mean, you got needs at quarterback. You got needs at uh, – I, I still think they could use another linebacker. And you got defensive line, offensive line. They, they could probably use another receiver. And when you're identifying six different spots for needs, you know it. If you try to trade up, you're going to lose your extra draft pick. So I, I think they got too many needs to dra- trade up, in my opinion. I think they should stay where they are and draft the best corner available. Um, or even- or even trade down a few spots and get another pick or two. Yeah, you know? I I probably just stay where I'm at because uh, that could really get you someone like Joey Porter, who might be out there. So, yeah, and the Steelers have been in this spot a couple times recently, and you know, usually somebody falls. I mean, I can't tell you who's going to fall, but usually a guy that you know we're looking when we look at the drafts and we say, oh, this guy's going to go above 17. Usually one of those guys falls. You know. NFL doesn't always fall in mock drafts, so yeah, hopefully a, a decent guy falls to them. Um, I'm looking around some of this news. Anything else jump out to you? I mean, there's other stuff going on. I'm not sure if there's anything worth talking about before we get to the draft. I mean, this is what we, we talked about this last week, um, despite the bad connections, but um, we but I don't know if I really got a good response out of you about um, the rule changes that we're going to do with this year. Yeah, let's yeah let's talk about that. Remind me of the rule changes. I'll give, give you my input and tell me if I'm right or wrong. Um, probably the uh, couple things that stood out. Um, you can wear the number zero now. The number zero that could be your jersey number if that's an option for the player. Um and. Owners approved of having two Thursday night football games instead of one. So um, those are the two that kind of stand out with me. I mean, on the jersey numbers, I'm getting a little bit older. Uh, I used to remember a time where, like, you know, 50s were linebackers and, you know, 80s were receivers and everything. I got to admit, the first year when they let um, guys wear different numbers, it was kind of weird. I'm used to it. That's what college football is all about, you know. I, I don't know. Is there a good argument against wearing numbers like zero or like a quarterback wearing a different number or a, a receiver? It really depends on the position, to be honest with you. Um, yeah. I don't know if you. I don't know if you'll see a, a quarterback wearing number zero. Um, I don't know if you'll see. A, a, you're definitely not going to see a lineman getting number zero. Um, is is definitely a skilled player. Um, and you probably might be a legit player who probably doesn't really are mind that they're interested in numbers or really think that you're that guy where you want to wear number zero. So, you know, if you have that single digit number, then you must be the real deal. So that's how I would look at it. Um, so I don't know if there's any knock on whether or not they want to use. I don't think there's any kind of justification whether or not it's a good or a bad thing about wearing number zero. I would, it, but it's definitely good that players are now getting to have access to it. Yeah, and people will complain about the numbers. I mean, it's you know, they're the old man, you know, get off my lawn type guy. I mean, I think it's fine. 
I, I mean, there, there was an argument made in the past saying it's easier to tell which position is which for referees when you assign a, a position a certain number. But, hey, it's 2023. Be individual. The only thing I don't like, Peter, is in college where you might see two different guys wearing number 20 or something. Hey, as long as everyone gets a different number, I'm good with guys wearing whatever they want to wear. So zero is fine. Even you know, even somebody want to be double zero. I mean, whatever. I mean, I think it's I think it's okay. Yeah, it doesn't really bother me as much if that's the is that the number or that's what they want to go with. And I don't see why people are complaining about it in the first place. To be honest. Um, on the Thursday night football games, I, I've I don't like them, but I've come to a understanding. Um, I, I, I don't like, I, I know it always happens on Thanksgiving day games where, but that happens once a year in the old days. Um, I don't think the Thursday night games are the best well played, uh, for the most part, they really have been exciting to watch and, you know, I know they're talking about, you know, potentially allowing, um, flex games on Thursday and we'll see what happens there. I don't think they're the best scheduled games. I, I think guys get hurt a little bit more in it. But then I understand, Peter, what it's about for the NFL. It's money. You know what I mean? If somebody's willing to pay you a billion for you know that contract, why not play games on Thursday night? I don't have to like them, but I think money matters more than what Chris Pugh out there says. Yeah, it's obviously beneficial for the brand, but not necessarily beneficial for the players. Um, obviously there's going to be money, obviously the money grabber. Uh, I think they're trying to continue to build out the, the partnership with Amazon. So obviously they want to get, they want to have more, more games on the Thursday night just because it was just because it's working for them. Um, but yeah, just, just from the player side, it's obviously going to be a pain in the butt for them knowing that, especially if, Especially midway, you know, having because a lot of players are going to get are hurt. Um, preparation, a preparation is going to be uh, going to be a pain as well. You know, I I think I saw George Kittle who was talking about um, his experience playing on Thursday night, and he compared himself to a car crash, basically, yeah. saying that um, his basically his football. Basically, he just said every day it's like a car crash to him because you never know what's going to happen and you're going to get break down all the time, just because, especially on the Thursday night when you have to change your schedule, you got to change your routine, you got your short short week for per, for preparing for a team, and then and even when after the game. Um, when you have those days off, there's a lot of good time. You got to have to be treated. So you, there's just a lot of things that got, that goes in from a player's perspective that doesn't really seem unfair to them that they have to continue to force themselves to play on a Thursday night where they know that there's just another way of getting themselves hurt and knowing that it's not beneficial to them. Yeah, and – and I would even say some of the players get upset about that. You know, once you're about the money, I think the NFL is still on a 50-50 split between owners and players. So if you think about it, you know, if they get a billion more dollars, if it's on a Thursday night deal or streaming or whatever the case might be, that's $500 million for players to split up, you know. 
And I know, you know, I know players are so concerned about injuries and they should be and everything, but you know, they might suggest that hey, if there's more money, hey, it's worth it. I don't like some of the new things, like even the 17 game season. I'm not super crazy about that. I kind of like the nice even number. The 16 game season was a lot better. But again, hey, if you're paying me more money, uh, you know, like if if we, you know, we're journalists, if we go into work next day and say we're going to change this fundamentally, you might get freaked out first. But then if they say, hey, it's going to mean that we could double your salary, you're going to be like, hey. It sucks, but I'll do it. It's worth it. You know what I mean? I think sometimes the players are like that, where I think to a man, I don't think anybody's happy about Thursday night games or playing 17 games. But if you get paid more money, you sit there and say, hey, if I can get more money, it's it sinks, but it's worth it. Um, that's I guess that's one way of looking at it. <laughs> um, I don't know if that really that comes into mind. It's at the end of the day, you still have to play. I don't, even, I don't even think you're going to have to play the factor that they're paying you or they're going to pay you double. You still got to play regardless because you don't want to miss the game and end up getting fined. Um, yeah. So you're going to have to play regardless. Even if they don't like it, it's their job. So I'm I'm not saying that I'm, <clears throat> I was supposed to feel bad for them, but it's just a more of, it's it's still not necessarily fair for the players. Um, just having to, <clears throat> excuse me, had to play the, on a Thursday day, knowing that it might just affect them, especially for the players that are dealing with injuries early on. I heard just crazy speculation, and I think it was just probably speculation for Ryder who was just writing a column. But they're saying like, if they ever got to eighteen games or higher in the NFL season, what you should do is make each player in each team set out two games. So it becomes like part of your strategy. So if you're like Pat Mahomes and you had to set out two games, the 18, okay, you're probably not playing in the game against the worst opponent, whatever the case might be, but it could be a strategy. I mean, that's not going to happen either, but uh, it was just kind of fun to think about that. Yeah. Then I, I don't really, I don't know. I don't really have that much to say about Pat to be honest with you. Well, I mean, there's a million reasons why it's a horrible idea, uh, especially say, you know, your kid's a huge Chiefs fan. And I'm going to take my kid to the game, and the, the day that you take your kid, you know, Pat Mahomes sits out, so now your kid, who might be a big Pat Mahomes fan, has to watch a backup. That's why it'll never happen, you know. Yeah, that's, that's, that's really not good for business either. So oh, yeah, yeah. There's, there's really nothing to discuss there. Well, and the NBA is fighting that when some guys, you know, sit out to rest, but then some fans are like, man, you know, I don't get to see this my favorite guy play. This ain't the NBA, man. They're, it's not like they're <laughs> playing back-to-back games. Yeah, that's nah. true. And that's what – I'll tell you, Pierre, that's why I like the NFL. I like the once-a-week thing where the game happens, you can kind of talk about for the week, you can poke fun at friends if your team wins or loses or whatever. I like that. I don't like – as much the basketball and baseball where you're playing back-to-back nights, one that you're happy with how your team did, the next night you might be bummed out. I like it where you can be either really happy or really bummed out for a whole week. I, I like that feeling. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I, I do I do like it once a week, too, and it's something to look forward to as well on the weekends. So I um, definitely agree with you on that as well. That's what you'll play on Thursday. Let's wait for the weekend. Not Thursday night, we have to go to work early the next day. Yeah, that's not good. Mm. So, 
All right. Well, hey, we've got about uh, about 20 minutes or so left. So let's get through. Um, you know, like I said, last week the audio wasn't great. Um, so we're not publishing that. But I want Peter to go back over uh, his picks for edge rushers. And then he's going to also talk about inside uh, what well, defense alignment, uh, you know, your nose it, tackles, uh, defense it, tackles, stuff like that. It, it's just going to be a whole defensive line in general. So sounds good. Let's do it. All right. Um, let's see here. Get my list together. Um, my number five. My number five. With I will start with. Um, these are guys. Are this guy has been a hot name so far. Um, and probably one of my favorites. It's uh, his name is uh, he has a funny name. He, his name he goes he he plays in Northwestern. He goes by name of Added Tom Tomwa Added the Borway. I think that's how you say oh, his wow. name. Okay. Six two two eighty two. He had a great performance at the combine where he ran a four four nine. Um, as his official forty time. Can can you name another two hundred eighty two pound defensive lineman running a four four nine? And that is ridiculous. Yeah. That I that that's ridiculous guy in his size. Um he's a two time all big ten, um, ninety-three tackles, twelve half twelve and a half sacks in his career. Um just last year he had five sacks, two forced fumbles, thirty eight tackles. Um, he's definitely gained some interest from NFL teams um just after his um, his combine and probably probably put a similar amount of performance in his pro day. I think he's the guy who made a lot of money who was going to find his way somewhere late in the first round. Um, my number four is um, Brian Breesy is an interesting guy. Brian Breesy from Clemson. Um, 6'5", 298. He was at one point. He was considered as the top 10 pick. Um, but his his stock's been up and down, um, but one thing that you cannot deny that is is his film. Um, 6'5", 298, 51 tackles, five seconds for he made um, second team all, all ACC. So um, I think Clems, I think Brian Breesy, wherever he lands, uh, I think he I think he'll fit perfectly mm-hmm. in a three four scheme as a three four defensive end. Um, um, just because of his size and his capabilities um, as a disruptor and a run stopper. So I, I'm definitely – so that's the guy I will definitely be on the lookout for. Um, my number three is Lucas Van Ness um, from Iowa. Can you believe this guy has not started at Iowa? Can you, can you believe that? But yet he's still able to rack up. Thirty-six tackles and six and a half sacks is as a rotational player. Um, I think just I think what's great about with Lucas is is his upside that really stands out to him. Um, size, speed, um, power, you name it, he has it, and he's a guy that you can groom into into him being that starting caliber um, defensive end. Um, so. Um, that's a guy to look out for is Lucas Van Ness. Um, my number two is um, Will Anderson. Uh, no, my number two is 
um Jalen Carter from um from Georgia. We we were just talking about him. Um Jalen Carter is uh pretty much the complete the complete player that you want uh as far as defensive line, you know, despite the his his situations with them, the, the storylines with them with him um the character issues, the um him getting arrested on reckless driving, you know, stuff like that. And also now just just um visiting top ten teams, you know, we don't know where he could land, but I think he'll find somewhere in the top ten. But as far as, as the foot as far as the football player, he's he's the best he's the best out there. That's for sure. And my number one is Will Anderson. I think Will Anderson where Wherever he lands, I think he's a double-digit sack player waiting to happen. I think he's an all-pro player waiting to happen. He's the complete guy. He was at one point he was he was considered as the number one overall pick. Um, so he's the, definitely the guy that he, wherever he lands, I think he he has all-pro type of talent. So those are my top top five defensive linemen. Very good. Um, with Will Anderson, and obviously. Teams are going to go based draft based on what they need, and if you need a quarterback, sometimes that gets higher priority. But would you agree that to me, I think Willie Anderson is the best bet to do well? Like if you just draft based on, hey, I want a guy that I think is going to be good. I think Willie Anderson might be the safest bet to be good in this year's draft. Is that saying he's too much? I agree. I think he's the safest. I think. Whoever takes him, um, someone who's a def- who needs of a defensive playmaker who can get to the quarterback, he's your safe bet. Um, uh, just because he has played at a high level at Alabama, multiple, um, multiple double digit sacks, um, All American. He he's definitely um he's definitely the guy that you will definitely feel com- confident enough where wherever you put him in defensive scheme, that he is going to make an impact right away. Yeah, I'm anxious to see how he does. And I like it. Like I said, you know, some doubts being placed in mind with some recent stuff, but I'm high on Jalen Carter too. And hopefully Jalen Carter can get past the stuff he's through now. I think he's got a potential to be really, really good in the pros too. Yeah, if he can, if he's able to keep his nose clean, um, I expect Jalen Carter to definitely um, do pretty well, too. I'm seeing some apt comparisons to Aaron Donald. Is that too crazy, or you see that a little bit? Yeah, I'm not really into the player comparison. Um, it's just, just, let's just see what he can do, man, before we even jump into that comparison. Um, <laughs> but um, Jalen Carter definitely has traits where, um, where he – He's a he's a ultimate run stopper. He's really good with his hands. He's strong. He's powerful. Um, he's a alignment, an offensive lineman's nightmare. Um, so don't, you don't want him on the backfield, that's for sure. He's just hard to hard to block. So um, he definitely got all the traits of it, whether it's an Aaron Donald or Dominican Sue or any other. Uh, elite defensive tackles you could think of in the past. So I even saw him he remind him of uh, I think another former player uh uh Ron Jerome, I think some of his name. Okay. Something like that. 
Um, that's as, as far as it goes, as far as comparison wise. But um, I, Jalen Carter is just Jalen Carter, and yeah, yeah I think he will. We'll we'll just see um, if he's if he's um, he's worth all the troubles. Um, well, well, but people, I think he is. I was gonna say good point. You made me laugh because I, I was fortunate enough to interview. Um, a former Steeler in ESPN's Brian Clark last year before the draft. And one of the guys I really liked was Kyle Hamilton uh, from Notre Dame. Uh, his range and everything, the safety for Notre Dame last year, ended up being drafted by the Ravens. And I was like, man, I see a little bit of Troy Palmano in, um, you know, with with the guy from Notre Dame. And, yeah, Ryan Clark shot me down. He's like, you can't make that comparison. Let him play first, figure out how he does before – we make any comparisons like that. Yeah, uh, the thing about with player comparison, I think you just look at the look of the player more than just looking how he, how he, or uh, look how he performs. Because sometimes that could be very. Kyle Hamilton is nowhere near a Troy Polamalu type player. I he, I that never even crossed my mind, uh, to be honest with you. But um, it's yeah. Um, even even Anthony Richardson. Um. People were comparing him to Cam Newton when we know for a fact that those are two different type of quarterbacks. Um, they, they just look yeah, at the size. Like, okay. they, they, they just they just look at the size and his measurements, yeah. and they see they just see um the traits and understandably so. But we're talking about two different style quarterbacks. Um, that you can say the same for any player for that position. That's why it's too it's 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 too easy just to compare to one player to another. To a current player, but um, it just really, it just really doesn't do the player, the rookie, any justice because we really don't know what we're going to expect from him. Yeah, I, I saw Cam Newton was throwing at the Auburn Pro Day. He wants back in. He says there's not 31 quarterbacks better than me. He thinks he should be in the starting carousel somewhere. Um. I think I oh you go ahead, sorry. Okay. I think Cam at least deserves another shot to at least compete for the backup role. At this point, as far as as a starter, nah. I I I I really don't see this at this point for Cam. You know, I just think he's just gonna be end up being that emergency type quarterback. Where if a player goes down, you can he can pretty much just step in. Um Pro day is cool and all, but I don't know. It really does accomplish that much other than you can throw it through air. And but um, I think Cam do deserve another shot. I think he definitely get another chance just to at least um, show whatever he got left in the tank. Um, but at this point in his career, I think he's just good enough to be a backup. Yeah, I agree with you. And there's a definite need for backups in the NFL. I would imagine if Newton's walking around thinking he can start, what I'll probably do is just sit on the sidelines and wait for injury to happen, then pitch whatever team with injury saying, hey, bring me in so I can start for you. Yeah. Yeah. So I I, I definitely see, I could definitely see um, Cam gets a second chance somewhere, but I, I just don't know when will it happen. I think it's gonna take a time. We probably might be after during the post 
the post draft or maybe late in um, during training camp if they need a body. Um, I think that's probably going to be as good to get for Cam. Yeah, yeah, tough time with the Patriots. I think that's what kind of hurt his stock a little bit. All right, well, we're about to end up here. Tell me what's going on at the rep that we should uh, keep our eye on. Uh, Can't repository is cantrep.com. Um, right now, we, me, me and my sports editor, we were just working on a game plan of how we're going to cover the USFL this year. So I'm, I'm the guy covering USFL. We got two teams that are going to be playing in Canton, um, the New Jersey Generals and the Pittsburgh Maulers. I've been there a couple practices. Um, I was today. I was able to interview um, Ruben Foster. Oh yeah. Um, if, that, if that name sounds familiar, yeah, he's that All American Alabama player, a former first rounder. Um, dealt with a lot of off the field issues. Dealt with injuries in the past, and he's just trying to just get back to relevancy and just show him why he was a former first round pick. Um, so I was able to talk to him and, um, and we're just prepping and getting ready for this coming season. Yeah. So yeah, tweet out about that. If I knew beforehand, I would say you need to tell them to call Pittsburgh and see if they can hook you up as inside linebacker. I, mean, I think he can make the team at least. He says he- definitely a sound. I mean, I'm sure he probably already did. I mean, the Pittsburgh Steelers wasn't budget, I guess. Cause he, cause I, I'm a Dolph, I'm a Dolphins fan, and we were just asking maybe we could try to get Ruben Foster, but they were a budget. He was even living in South Florida, so he was out there. So, well, well we're the Pittsburgh Maulers. I mean, we should say, hey, you got to stick with a Pittsburgh type team. It'll, it'll be great. All right. Um. Yeah, lots of stuff going on at Mahoney Matters. Um, uh, Peter, maybe we could play some journalism at school. Um, I, I reported the other day um, we have a big Young Sound concert coming up. Um, they usually bring a big name for outdoor concert. Uh, this year it's Kid Rock, the guy who was a rocker. I guess he's not a country guy. But, um, Peter, I'm seeing today Kid Rock is blasting transsexuals. And he's um, yelling at beer companies for supporting it. And, you know, he likes guns and he's shooting at guns. He's a guy should do a story about that because, you know, he's going to be Young Sound's big performer this year. Um, he was kind of in the yeah, news. I, I, guess, I, mean, I guess you can. And if, if you're okay with pissing off half your audience, that probably feels the yeah, same right. way. Um. If if Kid Rock is willing to speak about it as well, um, I'm sure you want to go for that or or a, a column maybe. If... Well, the tweet I would have to um, you know embed with that story is very profane. <laughs> Kid Rock throws out a lot of f words. I'm not sure if if they're gonna let me you know embed a tweet with f words being yelled. In a, on a family uh, website, so I don't know. We'll, we'll figure it out. Uh, yeah, so that's going on. Um, you know, Kid Rock's coming to town. Um, yeah, lots going on. A good column by a sports writer, uh, Peter. He wants Cleveland to have a retractable roof. I'm not sure if that's a good idea, but hey, it was an interesting read. So check that out there too. What do you think? Do so the Browns have a retractable dome on their stadium? 
No. I think they could have more events, but I think it's going to be a lot of money if you put a roof over that thing. I think a retractable roof is the least of their worries right now, to be honest yeah. with you. <laughs> they, need, they need a little bit more talent. Um, uh, no, it's not even the talent. I mean, we, there's they're still trying to figure out if they want to relocate their relocate their stadium. So yeah, I think I think a retractable roof is the least of their worries as far as stadium operation goes. I say bring them to Richfield. Uh, Cavs used to play in Richfield. There's still a big field there. Put <laughs> in there. How about that? You can move the Browns out downtown and it'll be nearby so all right anything else here before we take off for the night um nope um i think i think we're good here yeah yeah thank you again Pierre. and the great thing about it is we've been talking for a while audio sounds fine so i'm gonna get this up before anything happens to it uh as always thanks for your time Pierre. uh for Pierre, this is chris thanks for checking our football show talk to you next week have a good one Hi, I'm Jennifer Mooney. Welcome to what is our new Hope Interrupted podcast based on the work from our book, Hope Interrupted, that I co-authored with my good friend, Byron McCauley. Hey, Jennifer. You know, I'm looking forward to this podcast as much as I was looking forward to writing this book with you. We hope to interview some uh, high-impact folks as well as have a little fun. We're going to cover stories of hope to learn more about our podcast and our book, please visit www.hopeinterrupted.com.